I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Are there any Shark Tank India fans here? I've got some news. Remember how those seven sharks promised investments to different businesses? Well, it looks like they didn't quite keep their word. A recent analysis by Private Circle Research, a private market intelligence firm, spilled the beans, revealing that they only followed through on less than half of their pledges. So, as per the report, out of the 65 offers they made, only 27 were completed. and it's been a year since the season aired they initially committed 40 crores in investment but as of july 12 2023 they've only invested 17 crores and season 2 which wrapped up in march of this year turned out to be worse the tech crunch report suggests that out of the 115 deals promised only one went through but now you must be wondering which of these sharks actually came through Namita Thapar from MQ Pharmaceuticals or Pharma as they called her on the show had the highest fulfillment rate. She made 22 commitments and so far 13 of them have been filled. On the other hand though, Anupam Mittal, the founder of shadi.com seems to have the lowest rate of fulfilled commitments. Out of the 24 companies he committed to, he only invested in 7. Even a viral and detailed post on LinkedIn by Ankit Uttam shed light on the financial situation of the investors' businesses. Most of them are apparently facing significant losses. The only companies reported to be profitable according to the post's analysis are Aman Gupta's Boat and Gazal Alag's Mama Earth with Mama Earth recently starting to show profits. But these sharks aren't just letting these accusations slide. For instance, Anupam Mittal didn't shy away from speaking up for the show on social media. He posted on LinkedIn noting that deals usually take 3 to 6 months to come through. According to his estimates, about 66% of the deals made were fulfilled, which is even better than the US version of the show. Aman Gupta had his say on the matter, revealing that many deals were still under scrutiny due to the startup's due diligence process. In an interview with PTI News, he emphasized, "We have earned the money with hard work, and we will not just give our money without due diligence." Not only did Aman Gupta and Anupam Mittal speak up, But even Ashneer Grover, founder of Bharat Pay and the controversial shark, took it to Twitter. In his tweet, he shared a spreadsheet of his Shark Tank investments, claiming to be the second highest investor after Namita Thapar. He even called out Economic Times and Money Control for sharing incorrect data about the investments. But to look at a few reasons why these deals might not be working out, Aman Gupta's comments about due diligence processes of these startups might be true. Additionally, TechCrunch noted that there could be ongoing glitches on the ministry's website because of which the correct data might not be visible. Plus, the funding winter that is sweeping through India currently might be another reason. But anyway, this is only the latest criticism the show is facing. Last year, in our weekly newsletter The Intersection, we had pointed out that the finalists don't receive any callbacks from the production team, let alone securing an investment. Looks like this show, which many entrepreneurs in India found inspiring, might just be all talk and no action. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, 
business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I am Farheen Khan and this is the Deep Dive for 20th July 2023. Sam Altman, arguably the most sought after CEO at the moment, was recently asked at an event in London whether he was concerned about USA's formidable regulator Federal Trade Commission investigating ChatGPT's potential privacy violations. After all, users have widely reported sensitive personal information popping up in ChatGPT's responses. But according to Financial Times, Altman wasn't much worried, saying he was pretty confident that soon all data will be quote-unquote synthetic data. Looks like he wasn't kidding after all. At least three AI firms, including Altman's OpenAI, Microsoft and Cohere are testing the use of synthetic data to train their large language models. Apparently, as Financial Times puts it, and I'm reading it out, they have reached the limits of human-made data that can further improve cutting-edge technology. So naturally, the question that follows, what is this so-called synthetic data? And how is it different from the data which was hitherto used to train the likes of ChatGPT and BARD? To understand it all, let's first have a quick recap. Till now, all large language models were trained on the data scraped from the internet. Our tweets, digitized books, Reddit posts, blogs, news articles, search queries, and other content on the web. The chatbots thus produced have now achieved remarkable writing and coding capabilities. But given that investor and consumer interests in AI are right now touching the sky, companies are in no mood to stop. They are looking to find ways to push the performance of their AI systems even further particularly to make them dramatically more efficient in order to address challenges in science, medicine, and business. Here, generic data scraped off the internet is not ideal. In the words of Aidan Gomez, the CEO of Canadian AI startup Cohere, the web is so noisy and messy that it's not really representative of the data you want. What he is basically saying is that the web doesn't really offer sophisticated data sets. Say, you might want to construct an AI system for banks. In that case, raw material in the form of data has to be more refined and sophisticated than random tweets and news articles. This sophisticated data set will have to be created by world experts such as scientists, doctors, authors, actors or engineers or acquired from large corporations like banks or pharmaceuticals. But this sophisticated data created by experts will come at a huge cost. AI companies will have to shell out money to get hold of these data sets which, of course, they are not very keen on. So, what's the way out? Synthetic data. Basically, quote-unquote, creating information from scratch. No scraping involved. Let's hear from Cohere CEO Aidan Gomez one more time. He told the Financial Times, and I quote, What you really want is models to be able to teach themselves. You want them to be able to ask their own questions, discover new truths, and create their own knowledge. That's the dream. End quote. So, how will these self-questioning, self-teaching, artificial intelligence systems work? First, sophisticated data sets will be created by existing AI systems. For example, as Gomez explained to Financial Times, to train a model on advanced mathematics, you make two chatbots talk to each other, one acting as tutor and the other as student. The information and data thus generated will be used to train advanced AI systems after a human has gone through that raw data to tweak and correct any fallacies whatsoever. Sounds like a sci-fi novel, 
machines talking to other machines, and then their conversation being used to create even more advanced machines. Fascinating, to say the least. But critics are not so sure. First, they don't trust AI companies to carefully reflect on all synthetic data. Then there is a phenomenon of quote-unquote dogfooding. As more and more content on the internet will be AI-generated, it is likely that AI companies end up using data produced by their primitive chatbots, thus losing out on new knowledge and new insights and regurgitating the same old things again and again. As per Financial Times, research from reputed universities warned that training AI models on their own raw data could corrupt and degrade the technology over time. But for the time being, the great synthetic data experiment has started. And we will have to wait and see what this intervention will eventually mean for artificial intelligence. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written and researched by Anup and Sneha, edited by Dinesh Narayanan and Soumya Gupta, produced by Manaswini, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.